once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. When we are made aware of a challenge or problem, the reaction most of us have is to jump right in and take it on. But in God's way, there's more to it than that. Jason Lim, Senior Pastor of Gospel Light Christian Church in Singapore, brings us this Global Mission Spotlight message, which covers Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. For more information and to watch or hear other messages, please visit our website at perimeter.org. Thank you for joining us today. Now I have the honor of introducing our preacher for today, Pastor Jason Lim. Pastor Jason is Senior Pastor of Gospel Light Christian Church in Singapore. And we've known each other, met each other four and a half, five years ago. He is an amazing preacher, you're about to find out. He's also an amazing discipler. Uh, We've been laboring and co-laboring together, but it's great to call you a friend, brother, and thank you for being with us this morning. I'd love to pray for you. Father, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. I pray that you would use Pastor Jason this morning. Speak through him powerfully as he proclaims your word to us. Give us ears to hear, hearts to understand, that we might be transformed this morning more into the image of Jesus. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a very good morning to all of you. It's my honor to be here at Perimeter once again. I was here some two years ago, three years back, and it's great to see this wonderful group of people once more. I come from Singapore. Some of you must be wondering, where in the world is Singapore? Is this part of China? Well, no, we are not part of China. We are in Asia, and to be specific, we are at the southernmost tip of continental Asia. Singapore is a very small city-state. Our land size is about twice that of Atlanta City, but we have some six million people packing into this tiny little island. We are a modern and urban city. You see this fantastic, wonderful pictures of our skyline. Um, I suppose many of you would not be familiar about Singapore until maybe a year or two ago when your president came to our country for the first Trump-Kim summit. Maybe you are not familiar with Singapore after that, but perhaps some of you may be more familiar after crazy rich Asians. (laughs) Well, that's where I come from, a (laughs) prosperous land, and we have this beautiful movie that I could connect with you in. (laughs) Not only would I like you to know about my country, I'd like you to know about my family. This is a picture of my wife, Winnie. We've been happily married for some 18 years now, and I count it a huge blessing from God to have given me this wonderful wife. Together, we have had two, not we have had, we have two wonderful children. Um, The older one is Sean, he's now 11 years old, and Matthias, he's six years old. My kids and my wife are quite different. My wife, for example, she is terrified of creepy crawlies, insects. She would scream, shriek when a bug comes near her. My sons, however, would love insects. He would He would keep them and rear them. For example, recently, he has been keeping queen ants. This is a video of what a queen ant might look like at our place. You'll see this queen ant with a green backside. 
is moving around, taking care of the larvae, which developed from eggs that she has laid. And then you'll see some orange ants. These are the worker ants. So my son, they, he would catch these queen ants and keep them and rear them. My wife would say, send them away. I hate them. They are disgusting, detestable. But my son would say they are desirable. <laughs> she sees them as pests, but he sees them as pets. <laughs> we can have very different perspectives when we come to the same thing. And I think it is true when it comes also to people. To many of us who have been exposed to lots of people in a city, who are ourselves very busy, when we see people, we may say they are troublesome. They are full of problems. They are messy. It might be a homeless guy by the streets. It might be someone you have never met before that now you have come across in a restaurant or in a gym. It may be your colleague who has a very messed up life. It is easy for us when we see people to say, send them away. There's enough problems in my life already. But you know, our Lord Jesus Christ never did what I just said, send them away. Jesus, the Bible says, came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus was deliberately born into this world to reach people and to rescue them. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to have that heart of compassion towards the lost. We ought to be part of this great plan of God to bring people to salvation, to bring them in a harvest. So we come to these very familiar words in the Bible, Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 to 38. Words that you must have heard of many, many times over. But I'd like to refresh your memory once again. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It goes on to say, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I believe your heart beats for the lost. You want to be used by God to be a channel of bringing people to salvation and life. How can we be part of this great plan of God? Herein is given to us three very simple principles of the harvest. Number one, if we are to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we need to learn to visualize. What I mean is not just to see things, but to see things the way Jesus sees things. We need to see with the perspective of how Jesus sees. You see, when Jesus saw people, he didn't see trouble or problem or mess that he will be inconvenienced with. He saw them, number one, as a harvest. Harvest, it's an agricultural imagery. He's likening people to crops. He's saying that there are many people to reach, just like you can imagine, a lot of crops to be harvested. But something about agricultural crops is that you've got to harvest them in good time. There is a window period you can work. 
after which the crops cannot be harvest, harvested. They will perish. And so I believe what Jesus is saying is people need to be reached and they need to be reached urgently. There is a window period. There is no time to waste. This is quite an urgent issue. And then he tells us, he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. They are lost. They are shepherdless. They are harassed and helpless. The word harassed in the Greek is a very strong word. It's not just to be disturbed. It is a word that means to be bruised and battered, to be torn, to be mangled, to be skinned. He's saying that these people are like wounded sheep, battered and bruised, abandoned without a shepherd. And so he's calling for his disciples to have his eyes, to see people not just as troublesome people, but as suffering people who need the compassion of the Lord. It was Vance Hefner some years ago who said the tragedy of our time is that the situation is desperate, but the saints are not. People all around us are struggling in their life because they are struggling in their sin. They are alienated from the God who is the source of all that is good. But we as saints do not see that. Carl Henry, someone in our day and age, he says the gospel is good news only if it gets there in time. You and I, who are followers of Jesus Christ, we know the gospel. We have the greatest news on planet Earth. We have this message that says, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born into this world that he may die and pay for the sins of those who would believe on him. We're in possession of this great message, which Paul says is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. But this good news is only good news if it arrives on time. Otherwise, I think it will be the most tragic thing they would hear when they are suffering in hell. Back in Singapore, yes, we are the inspiration behind crazy rich Asians, but it is also a country not without our fair share of problems with poverty. There are groups of people who are struggling in life also in our country. Some years ago, we had the privilege as a church to reach out to a poor neighborhood. And in that ministry, we had the privilege of meeting a certain man called Mr. Lam. Mr. Lam is not quite like you and me because he was diagnosed with a tragic disease called ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. You would know here as the Lou Gehrig's disease. Or you might know of this disease from the ice bucket challenge some years ago. It is a nervous disorder. The nerves are not firing the signals as it should. And so the muscles become wasted. They waste away. He becomes very skinny. He becomes very weak. And he can't mobilize himself. He can't move around quite easily. He's prone to falling. In fact, many daily chores that you find are natural to us are impossible for him. 
In fact, he has to adjust a lot, like a simple task of brushing your teeth. It's easy, right? You wake up in the morning, you just do this, but Mr. Lam can't do this. His arms are too weak to do this. The only muscle he can move consistently enough is his neck muscles. And so this is what he does to brush his teeth. We got to know him. Many of our church members had the privilege to serve him, to provide for him, to bless him. And after a year or two, because of the love of God's people, and because we had the privilege to journey with him in the gospel, he came to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. And that was great. But a few months later, he was then diagnosed with a second disease, a double whammy. He's now diagnosed with stage four, advanced stage, stomach cancer. And a few months later, he passed away. Let me just give you some visual reminders or visual cues of who Mr. Lam is before I carry on. Take a look at this short video. It was about six, seven years ago when I was staying alone and working as a security guard. Halfway through my work shift, I suddenly fainted. The doctor diagnosed that I had muscular dystrophy. When I first heard the results, I did not follow any faith and I felt helpless with nowhere to go. While I was sick, I came across Yong En and was introduced to many of its volunteers. These volunteers were also from Gospel Light, and I made some good friends, in particular Mr. James, Wei Jun, and Yi Ren. Having been in Gospel Light for one or two years, I came to know the Lord Jesus and was taught how to pray. A few months ago, I felt much discomfort because I kept falling every time. One morning, I was in terrible pain and got admitted to hospital again. A doctor explained to me that I had stage 4 cancer and the cancer cells had spread tremendously. Yet despite all of that, I felt strangely peaceful and calm. I told the doctor with a smile that I was able to accept the news with an open mind. In this life journey, it has been my wish that I could be with the Lord earlier because God has always been helping me and I am no longer afraid of facing death. I am already peaceful and filled with joy. Based on my life experience, I wish to exhort people, old and young, to have a positive mindset, like me, because all this has come to pass according to God's will. When Mr. Lam passed away, I cried buckets. 
I bawled, I wailed like a child. Why did I cry? Well, it's not because I was not sure of his eternal life. He himself held no fear. He did not fear facing death. I knew where he was going. And I knew that I was not really weeping because of Mr. Lam. I know he's saved, but I was crying for myself. Because at his passing, I was reminded of the years we had the opportunity to serve him, but how little I did for Mr. Lam in all those years. I was maybe too caught up with life. I was maybe too caught up with ministry. I was maybe too caught up with myself. I was so self-absorbed that there is someone who obviously needed help, but it was so little that I did. Maybe like myself, you today are struggling with this. You want to be used by God for the sake of the kingdom, but you are absorbed with your own life. And that's why today we need to be reminded of Scripture. We need to see as Christ sees. To see the lost, the dying, the struggling, the suffering. That's why we have this song, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying. Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep over the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. We give them the gospel because we are loved by God and because we love God. We give the gospel because we see a dying world who needs the good news. So, brothers and sisters, if we are to be part of the harvest, let us then, number one, remember to visualize, to see as Christ sees. What's next then? Well, some of us may say, all right, I see needs around me. I see that there are people to reach, so let's go get them. Let's obey God in a great commission. Let's all bring the gospel. I, I love people like that. I love people who don't just talk about things, feel things, but they actually do something about it. They are people of action. They are people of obedience. That's great. But you know, that's not what Jesus said. Very interestingly, Jesus in this passage didn't say, see the needs, now go. Instead, he says, see the needs and now pray. So number two, not only must we visualize, we must agonize. Because he said, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, therefore pray earnestly to the Lord. It's so unnatural to the flesh. We like to think we can do something about it, we can achieve something, but this is so humbling, but this is so real. This is God's harvest. And we need to first humble ourselves and look up to God in prayer in helpless, humble dependence. God, you've got to come through. The word pray earnestly or the words pray earnestly are actually just one word in the Greek which means to beg. This is what we need to do. We need to come to God on our knees and say, God, we beg you. What do we beg God for? Oh, we beg. Certainly for many of us, we beg and pray that God will give us courage and boldness. God will give us opportunities, open doors. That we will pray that the listeners' hearts will be open and receptive, soft and tender. We should pray for these things. But again, Jesus was very specific 
when he says, this is what you beg the Lord for. You beg the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Because this is not just about you. You pray that the kingdom's work will be done by kingdom people and more of us will be sent into the harvest. You see, reaching the lost is not easy. There are fears, there are apprehensions, there are insecurities, there are idols in our hearts. We love our lives too much. We love our conveniences, our comfort, and it needs the prayer of God's people to thrust out God's people. The word send out is very strong. It's the Greek word ekbalo, which means to throw out or to thrust out. And we must pray that God will overcome all these barriers in people's lives and send us out. You know, this is a spotlight on the persecuted church. And it's very easy for us to pray, God, keep them safe. God, protect them. God, let them not be found. God, let them not be hurt. And I don't think it is wrong to pray those things. We should. But let us also not forget that, that this persecution is not because God forgot about His church, but perhaps it is through these persecutions that God's people will be sent out and they will witness boldly for the gospel. I remember in the book of Acts, what a wonderful chronicle of what happened in the early days. The church was persecuted and they were scattered everywhere. And what did they do when they were scattered everywhere? They went everywhere preaching the gospel. They were fulfilling Acts 1 verse 8. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the world. The disciples must have prayed for boldness, I'm sure. The disciples must have prayed for protection, I am sure. But I think the disciples also prayed, God, spread the gospel. Satan wants to quell the flames here, but Lord, spread the coals, the embers of the gospel heat to many, many more lives. That's what prayer is for. Send out the laborers, O God. Andrew Murray, years ago in a missionary conference, says, if we are to reach the world then, we shall need three times more men, four times more money, and seven times more prayer. I believe if God's people will pray, your city will be different. Atlanta will be different. Your state will be different. Your country will be different. Our world will be different. Last night, we were preaching this. I was sharing the same message and a brother came up to me and said, this is so exciting because I can't go overseas for missions work, but now I can be part of global missions on my knees. Folks, you can be because this is God's plan. Number one, we've got to visualize. And before we go out, let us learn to agonize. And finally, I'll say, the third step of God's plan for the harvest is that we will be mobilized. We are to mobilize. Now, I cheated a little bit. This is not part of those three verses we have just read. 
but it comes quite close. After that, in Matthew 10 and verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out. In other words, he taught them to pray, but that was not an excuse nor a cop-out for them not to go. Oh yes, you need to pray, but you also are sent. You are to go. Back in our homeland, Singapore, we are a tiny little country with very few resources, with very few people. We have to protect ourselves. There is no other military that will protect us. So, because we are small, to have a decent-sized armed forces, every single male is compelled, it is compulsory for us to serve in the army, in the national service. There's no exemption for anyone, and so I served two years. That's what all of us will have to do. And then every year after that, we will be called back for what we call reservist training. It's kind of refresher training every year for about two weeks on an average. Now, since I became a full-time pastor, I was exempted from this. In Singapore, if you're a full-time religious leader, whether you're Buddhist or Taoist or Christian leader, you can be exempted, and that's why I became a pastor. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So I... I was exempted for several years from this reservist training for 12 years. Until a couple of years back, I got a letter and a text message saying, you've got to turn up for mobilization exercise. I ignored it because I was convinced this must have been a mistake. Two weeks before the actual mobilization exercise, they called me up and told me I will be on standby and if the siren goes, I have to turn up in a camp to register for mobilization. I said, you must have made a mistake. I have not served in the army for 12 years already. Thank you very much. <laughs> On the actual day itself, sometimes the siren doesn't go, but this time it went. And so I knew that mobilization was taking place. I still, you know how stubborn I am now, I, I still did not turn up. One hour, two hours later, they called me and said, Sir, are you coming for mobilization? I said, No, but sir, your name is on our list. I know, but you must have made a mistake. But sir, if you don't come, you have to bear the consequences. I said, All right, I will. <laughs> Stubborn fella, this guy. Well, two weeks later, I got an official letter from the Singapore Armed Forces. Something along these lines. Dear Captain Lim, Captain Lim, I'm a medical doctor, so we have, we are officers there. Because you did not turn up for mobilization exercise, you are required to explain your absence to our commanding officer. When I read that, I was horrified because it now dawned on me that this is serious. In Singapore, if you are absent from Military duties, we call this AWOL, absent without official leave. And you will be charged in military court and you may be thrown into military prison, which we call DB or detention barracks. So images popped up in my mind of myself behind bars and how the newspapers will report pastor of gospel-like Christian church serving in DB. That will be a shame. That will be such an embarrassment because I thought I was not to be mobilized. How about you? 
Maybe you have thought that mobilization for the kingdom's harvest is not for me. It's for my pastor. It's for my leaders. It's for my discipleship group leader, but not me. I'm just an ordinary churchgoer. I'm just an ordinary Christian. Not for me. It's too scary. I'm not going. Well, one day we will have to stand before our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to answer, where were you when the siren went off? See, folks, we are all called to the gospel work. You and I, we are all called not to be lawyers or all of us as preachers, but all of us are to be witnesses, witnessing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you a little bit more about Singapore and our end there. We are a very built-up urban country with very little nature, very little greenery around in terms of reserves. And thankfully, our government has preserved some spots like this where we can still see wildlife. My sons, they love wildlife, especially Matthias, the smaller one. The wilder it is, the happier he is. The fiercer that creature is, the happier he will be. And so he longed to see crocodiles. And it's so hard to see crocodiles in Singapore, except only in our zoo. So I said, all right, you want to find? Let's try. I, I will tell you it's not going to be easy. But we went to this particular reserve where there were reports of crocodiles by and by. When they appear, they actually turn up in our news feeds. It's so rare. But when we went to this reserve, we walked around for two hours and from the corner of my eye, very near to us, it's, we are on a higher elevation ground and this is where the sea is or the rivers are. Just about from my distance to this gentleman, that distance, I saw this. Take a look. This is amazing. Some of you must be wondering, why is your videography skill so horrible? shaking all over the place. I tell you, it's not easy when it's that near. All it needs is to have a leap at you and my hands will be gone. So I was trembling at the whole time. But I must get the video because I'm going to preach at Perimeter. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I must get the video. It's so cool. And then after a while, I realized my son is not with me. <laughs> Where's Sean? Where's Sean? Well, what happened was Sean went away and he came back with a group of people like this. You see, he was so, so excited. We found a crocodile! Come, come, we found a crocodile! Of course, he didn't shout because he didn't want to scare the croc away. He said, come, come, come. And, and he was leading people all the way to where we were because he was full of excitement. He couldn't contain it. He must tell the world he has found the crocodile. And we as Christians won't tell the world we have found the answer. We have found the Savior. We have found the Messiah. We have found the hope of all humanity. Oh, we are to be a people excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
because we ourselves have tasted of Christ. We know Him. We know how He has led us from darkness into the light, how He has given us hope in the midst of hopelessness, how Jesus reconciles us to God and now we have peace with God. Oh, we should be a people of all most blessed and most excited to tell the world about Jesus. It was Spurgeon who said, if sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees. Let no one go there unwarned and unprayed for. I am excited about what God will do. Actually, I'm already excited at what God has done through Perimeter Church, through your lives. But I'm excited what God will continue to do through you. And I just want to encourage you today. God can use this church for great things. How? When we say, Lord, give us eyes to see the way you see. Help us to visualize. Help us to agonize. Let us all be in this ministry, in this global harvest upon our knees, praying specifically that God will thrust out laborers even in the midst of persecution. And we all can be mobilized. Maybe not all of us will cross the seas, but all of us can cross the streets to our neighbors, to our colleague's desk, to our fellow student, to our friends, and tell them the exciting good news of Jesus and his love. May God change your city, your state, your country, our world, as we follow God's plan for harvest. Let's bow for a word of prayer together. My heart fills with joy and excitement when I think about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. This morning, I tell you about the good news that what your heart has been longing and searching for is Jesus Christ. Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Savior who brings you back to God because He came to die to bear away your sins. He's not a liar. He's not a lunatic. He is the Lord of Lords because He not only died, but He rose again, proving His divinity and His saviorship. Today, the Bible says, whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I urge you, friends, maybe you're here as a guest. Maybe you've been attending church. But let me tell you, attending church alone doesn't save you. Nothing saves you. Only Jesus saves you. And the Bible says, whosoever repents and believes in Him will be saved. So would you today turn your eyes away from yourself, away from your self-righteous works, and look to Jesus, the answer for your life. Do you feel like a sheep lost, harassed, helpless? 
Can I do a little to tell you today, Jesus is the answer? May you be saved. May God today grant your heart a humility to come before Him as the King of Kings that you may repent and believe. What a wonderful church this is. The hand of God is upon your lives and I'm excited as to the future of this church. And may God give you eyes to see the way He sees. May God give you the humility and the faithfulness to beg Him, the Lord of the harvest, to send forth laborers. And may God grow not just the seating capacity, but the sending capacity of perimeter. May nations be glad because we follow God's plan for the harvest. May God raise many, many loving shepherds from amongst you for His glory, for His honour. Father, thank You for this time that we could dig into the Word of God. Thank You for Your love in sending Your Son to save us from our sins. May the love of Christ compel us. May we faithfully rise up to be ambassadors to carry the good news across the streets and maybe for some across the seas. Bless this church, O God, your people, and may perimeter bring great glory to your name. Be pleased even this morning to save souls Turn their eyes to Jesus, your Son. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.